Welcome to Season 3 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script. Okay. Here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Welcome everybody in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm half your host team, JT, along with Tom. Tom, how's it going? What's up, bud? Still hanging in. I'm not charging, you're charging. Don't think for one second I do not see the title on my screen of what you've titled this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I fully intended it to be the first thing you saw. Yeah, well, it's uh, (laughs) success, my friend. So, uh, it's been a while since we have talked to our faithful listeners, and we've picked up at least one new listener. We better have, or else he's a liar at the poker table. And as you know, you have to be, you, you have to remain 100% honest at the poker table when we play poker. There's no bluffing. There's no um, representing a hand that you don't have. You have to be 100% truthful. So, Victor, the shout-out is for you. We met Victor at the poker table in New Orleans. Cool dude. Uh, played poker. Pretty sure he took money off of Tom, and quite sure he took money off of me. But regardless, it was a it was a good time was had by all. So you know we'll catch up <laughs> with what we've been doing, and I, I guess that's a little spoiler there. Tom and I did go to New Orleans back uh, February. It was right before Valentine's Day, and Super Bowl weekend. That was hey, that was it because we watched the Super Bowl at uh, Harris Sportsbook. Uh, good 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 seats. We had front row seats. Hello? Oh, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were just going to tell us about this. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, you can tell we're out of practice because normally we pick up on each other's pauses. So that was, let's try that again. I mean, we, we could start over, but we're not going to. We finish each other's hey, sentences. Hey, you know we? what? That's, that's show business, baby. <laughs> no, it was a good time that weekend. Uh, you know, I hadn't done a whole lot since we called it a, a end of a football season but uh you know we spent i guess friday saturday sunday night down in new orleans and i don't know how many of our folks have been there recently but i mean it's always been kind of a a crap shoot down there but in my opinion that city has really turned into a poop hole i mean it was it was rough like we had a we had a great location hotel we were there on the corner of uh bourbon and canal we were within walking distance of every restaurant that we had reservations to had, you know we had brunch just down the street we never had to drive i mean i you flew in i parked a, a vehicle there a questionably parked vehicle there <laughs> and uh <laughs> and we never 
never had to drive anywhere, so it was a great location. But man, it was it was risky. The the, the guy that valeted <laughs> Tom's uh, truck had Acme valet on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, at that point in the night, I was just ready to throw my keys to anybody. He claimed to be a valet. He was he was generally in front of the hotel we were parked at, so I tossed him the keys and some money and then thought about it after I left. I said, Tiffin, I may have just given my truck away. Hey, you know what's funny? I didn't tell you this at the time, but a, a friend of mine, Chad uh, Whitfield, who lives in Russell, coached softball with him and against him at times, uh, they went on the cruise down there that ported out of New Orleans, and he had an F two fifty. And when he got back from the cruise, his truck was gone. <laughs> this was year huh. two. He par- he parked in the cruise ship deck. I I think so. Yeah, I guess he did. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. But yeah, they know they got plenty of time to get in there and and take one with people yeah, gone for, for sure. A week. You know, um, speaking of New Orleans, and I think the last time I, I I know because I know one of the last few podcasts we did, I talked about my travel troubles, you know, trying to go skiing, that trip fell through. Well, flying out of Birmingham, of course, you know, I, I, I don't I don't wish I lived in Atlanta, but man, I wish I lived next uh, close to an airport that was direct, no matter where you went, it was direct, and it's just not. And uh, Birmingham to New Orleans, I don't even think Southwest has a direct. I'm not sure, but we, we didn't we – didn't, I didn't want to take an extra day off, so we had to, had to fly when we – kind of a bad fly time. Flight got delayed. Luggage got separated from us, so when we land, we have no luggage, and we're exhausted, so we get to the hotel. We're staying in the same hotel, Tom and I, and the Crown Plaza right there on, like you said, Canal and Bourbon. And we're on the fourth floor, and we got there so late, I have no idea where Tom and Deb are. I, I'm not going to bother them. I knew they were going out to the carousel to eat, and then I figured they'd hit the poker tables. And cause that was part of the reason we went. And uh, so me and Misty settle in, 4 a.m., um, the fire alarm goes off. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I, it, has been, <laughs> it has been decades since I have... Stayed in a hotel and got woken up by a fire alarm. Of course, you know, you don't even know where you're at. at the like, Lights are flashing and no, the, the ear-piercing noise. And But the, the silver lining was I got up. I had to go to the airport sometime after 4 a.m. to get the luggage. That's the earliest I could go was 4. So we got up and got out of the room, and it turned out somebody was smoking in their room. They were smoking, Tom, smoking. And... Yeah, Hopefully. probably weed in my uh, if I was gonna guess. But regardless, I told Misty, I'm like, look, I'm up. There's no way I'm getting back to sleep before the alarm was still going off. I'm like, I don't know when the alarm's gonna cut off. I'm not gonna get back to sleep anytime within the next hour. I'm gonna head to the airport. So I went to the airport, got the luggage. So spoiler alert, guys, his alarm, his fire alarm goes off on the fourth floor at four a.m. I'm on the tenth floor. Our alarm does not go off. Yeah, that was the whole point <laughs> of my story. So thank you for stealing my thunder. I guess they figured. Oh, sorry. I guess they figured. Ah, you know, fourth or fifth floor. If you're above that, you're dead anyway. So, because Tom, the next morning, <laughs> I'm like, "How'd you like that fire alarm going off at four? He's like, "Do what?" I said, "Were well, you not even in the room?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> so they they hung they hung the tenth floor out to dry, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we played uh played in a tournament down there, and uh, I actually made it past the the break where you can't buy in anymore before i busted out that was a major accomplishment for me <laughs> tom not so much i, I did too <laughs> yeah. yeah you did <laughs> but i did buy in three times before we got there <laughs> uh yeah wasn't i wasn't running really well 
No, nah, and it's uh, I lost a uh, huge hand in the cash game that that next night too. It was just it was not a good weekend for me. No, nah, I hit you know I did hit uh, we hit roulette and we hit the if Devonte Smith gets in the end zone instead of stepping out of the two, I win a thousand dollars on a parlay. And but I did hit between seventy one and seventy seven points, twenty to one on a hundred dollar bet. So it was nice. I mean, I, I won a little bit down there, but not near as much as I, I you know, of course, wanted to or should have. But I mean, that's really it. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to think of anything else I've done. Nothing of note. Heck, it's been we're in the middle of winter. It's been rainy and cold, and we've just now gotten a few good days. I'm sure. I'm sure your days have been better. And because uh, you're, you know, about 100 miles south of us. So, uh, you know, it's getting time. Oh, yeah, and, we... and I rode the motorcycle, yes- motorcycle yesterday, so that that was fun. But uh, that that's pretty much it, I guess. I don't um, – well, we did, you know, we went to the Alabama-Auburn game last week. And uh, so, so like I said, Tom has got as much money as Oprah Winfrey, if not more, and he's got all these business contacts. He's been subcontracted <laughs> – through Brassfield and Gory, he's been co- subcontracted through Vulcan Materials, and so I'm like, he, so he's like, hey, you want to come to the game? I'm like, sure. So I've got, like, I'm picking out my outfit because I'm, I'm quite <laughs> sure we're probably going to be on TV because we're going to be so low. I'm not sure we don't have court seats. We were three rows from the top. <laughs> so I tell you what, too, it. Our new stadium can come none too quick. I could barely get in those seats. Oh, it's terrible. Now I have put on a few pounds, but I mean, when it was five or I mean four of us guys that were there, and we're all, you know, we're all southern sized guys. You know, you get in the north, y'all might can sit four comfortably astride, but uh, four southern guys sitting in uh, in those seats in that stadium is a bit uncomfortable, um, and I. I, I didn't. I did not enjoy that that experience for sure. Nah, but it was good to see us, you know, play, and we got the big comeback victory. And uh, I tried to bully a twelve year old, but he left early. <laughs> That's not a joke, guys. <laughs> well, you know what? He shouldn't have been rooting for Auburn. That's all I've got to say about that. <clears throat> yeah, he was a little obnoxious twelve year old. So was so was his mom that was there. Here, here's how you can tell when people are obnoxious rather than just fans, okay? So there's absolutely nothing wrong about getting excited, cheering for your team, clapping for your team, yelling for your team, whatever. That, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with doing that on the road. I mean, that's what you're there for. That's what your, your, your team, your coach, everybody expects. I mean, you want it, You want to show that spirit. The obnoxiousness comes in when you do something good and instead of just cheering for your team, you cheer and like turn around a 360 to look at all the other uh, people around you who are of the opposite team just to kind of rub it in a little that bit. That was him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's the way that went and that, that is definitely not a... Uh, uh, a, a a way to get on Tiffin's good side at a at a game. <laughs> <laughs> the best though was when uh I was uh you know saying some unkind things in his general direction. Granted, it was way too loud to hear. And Tom said, "Keep it in your pants, Tiffin." <laughs> <laughs> oh All my right. goodness! Well, yeah, enough. Was... I'm sure Ezel's already tuned out. He's thinking, "Dude, I don't really care what y'all have done." 
Like, I, I want to hear Bama sports. So let's jump into it. Uh, all SEC team came out today. No surprise. Brandon Miller, SEC player of the year. Brandon Miller, uh, SEC freshman of the year. Uh, Quinterly, sixth man of the year. Man, he's been a spark plug. And, and like, uh, I don't know if it was Jimmy or Rodney from Tider Insider, but, you know, somebody's like, he's our Stetson Bennett. The kid's 25 years old, you know, and he's taking advantage of the COVID year. And a red shirt year, but and it and it shows, you know. I don't know about you, Tom. You know, it's not like me and you, either me or you, either one. Just um, you know, when we go to the rec center to play basketball, we were never the first pick. <laughs> but you know, when I was 25, 26, 28, dude, I was so much better than when I was nineteen or twenty. So I mean, it, this guy's playing, you know, against eighteen, nineteen-year-old kids, and it shows some nights. I mean, he's doing really well. Yeah, I agree on that. And one thing that was pleasantly surprising, and I I always say this, even in our football teams, when a a freshman or newcomer comes in and takes a position of of a starter that you were not displeased with, that tells you in a nutshell that your your whole team is getting upgraded. Um, sometimes you're surprised at, at that, but Quinterly has embraced this six man role. You know, he was a starter for the previous two years for sure. You, you know, he was the first five on the floor yeah. and, and, and deservedly so. I mean, it's at, at a lot of times the previous year, he was the only person we could count on to even score. And then he gets here, and I know he had a little injury that had a little something to do with it. But, you know, even after his injury is back, he he started out only getting just a handful of minutes a game. But he has clawed his way back, particularly during SEC play, uh, to become a force off the bench. And to be frank with you, we probably don't win two or three games down the stretch without him on the floor. He's been that yeah, good. We don't win Auburn without and, him, uh, I don't think, you know. No, we don't win Auburn. We probably don't win uh who's the one? South Carolina. We don't win South Carolina without him. We also don't win uh Arkansas. The mm-hmm. those three games that out of the last four or five we played, uh he's been critical in those wins and and scoring his season high points. So I I'm with you. Big big accolades to him. Congrats to him. Well deserved. And uh, he's he's got he's got a lot of game. I mean, he's going to get a shot in the NBA. I don't know how effective he'll be, but he'll get a shot. Yeah, rounding out uh, the All ACC team, you had Betty Yako as uh, on the defensive team. I'm just looking at Tyler Insider right now. Jaden Bradley, All Freshman team. Noah Clowney, All Freshman team. Mark Sears, Second team All ACC. You know, and Sears is a great example of how the the transfer portal can work. You know, I, I know we, we kind of poo-poo it with, with football, but with basketball, okay, Sears is from Russellville. Like, he is right up the road for me. That's where my daughters get, went to school and go to school. All right, he transferred to Muscle Shoals, and then, you know, he wasn't good enough to play, or, or people did not think he was good enough to play in the ACC because he did not get – uh, an offer or, or you know, I don't, I don't know, Tom, I don't keep up with basketball. You know, for all I know, Mississippi State offered him or Ole Miss offered him, but he didn't get the offer he wanted. He wanted the Bama offer. He didn't get it. So he goes to wherever, and I should have done some research. I know y'all are shocked we're not prepared to podcast tonight. But he goes to a smaller school, 
he does well. He gets in the portal. He comes to Bama. And, man, you know, they always talk about in March that you've got to have good guard play to make it deep in March. And, I, we've, and I'm not predicting anything. We'll talk about where, we're, where we think we'll go in the NCAAs later on in the podcast. But I know this. We have guard play this year. We've got Sears. We've got Quinterly. You know, we've got Miller. Granted, he's a, I guess, like a, a point forward is would be the, the proper term to use for him. But, you know, if he had to bring the ball up, he could bring the ball up. You know, maybe not against full court, just man-to-man or double-team and pressure. But he's got he's got a handle. But we've got two very good guards in Sears, and then Bradley's playing well, and, and Quinterly. It just, it's just really going to do us well if we can put it together. So, the you know, the, the tournament set, uh, we got the number one overall seed in the SEC tournament, which we knew going into A&M. A&M was locked in at two, but the the real magic happened at three, four, five, and six because Kentucky, I th- actually think they had the tiebreaker over somebody, even if everybody, if they lost and everybody won, I think they couldn't finish no worse than fifth. But we needed Kentucky to finish third, second or third, which they couldn't finish second. We needed them to finish third because I, I, I would like to look it up. I should have looked it up. Like probably six of the last eight years, seven of the last nine years, Kentucky puts Bama out in the SEC tournament. And it's not in the finals, spoiler alert. It's always Thursday yeah. or Friday or, you know, I don't even – I doubt it's even Saturday. It's usually that Friday game. So now this year if we play Kentucky, they're on the bottom of the bracket. We'll play them on Sunday, which is fantastic news for us. And I think another big domino that happened was Tennessee because I've been very impressed with them, you know, they have they faltered in the the in in February in the SEC, but it's kind of like playing. It's kind of like Kentucky in basketball. It's kind of like Bama in football. Even if you're down a little bit, they're still a dangerous team. And man, they can if they put it together, they can really make some noise and and hurt you feelings. And they're at the five position, which now that does match them up in the top half of the bracket. But they have to play Thursday, so they'll they'll play Thursday. They'll, if they win, they'll play Friday. If they win, they'll play Saturday. So they'll be coming off of – it'll be their third game in three days. We'll be only in our second game in two days. So that is a, that's a big chip in our purse, if you will, on that. Yeah, I, d- I do agree the bracket really fell well for us. And I'll tell you one thing, and you're right, first and foremost, we've been on Kentucky's side of the bracket for almost – Every year for the past 10, I agree. I didn't go back and look at the stat every year, but every year it was like, man, we're in Kentucky side again. And and it's not so much that we, uh, we're we fearful of them this year, although they are seeming to turn it on. Uh, uh, they're, they're playing better than they now were you know, at the beginning of the year. But usually Kentucky is a top 10 team, top 5 team, and we're catching yeah, them yeah. in our half of the bracket every year. So it was a pleasant surprise not to have them. But I tell you – to me, the biggest thing was up until the last three games, Arkansas was playing as a top 15 Ken Palm and RPI mm-hmm. team. You know, and then they had the close – they and they had a tough tough stretch there. They had the close game with us. Then they had to play Kentucky, who we just talked about was playing high. And then I think they had to play Tennessee, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And so they, they slipped from – the six, seven, eight seed all the way to ten, and what I was fearful of is they were going to land in the eight, nine yeah, spot. Yeah, because that would have been a terrible draw for us as the number one overall seed. You could potentially have to play Arkansas as your first opponent once they come through 
whoever they were getting in the first round. And they are just off a top 15 ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was going to be a terrible draw. But that, that worked itself out. They actually slipped all the way to 10, believe it or not. They're not playing very well. And so that, that moved Mississippi State and Florida up in the 8-9. And, you know, heck, SEC is SEC. I mean, everybody's capable of beating you on any given night. But uh, I'm, I'm surely thankful that, that State and Florida – uh, are playing that eight nine game instead of Arkansas and whoever. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as the RPI Ken Palm rankings, I think I looked at RPI here. Tennessee is sixteenth. They're the second highest ranked team in the SEC behind us. Of course, we're still number one in the RPI. By the way, number three in Ken Palm. Uh, here, all right. Since I mentioned that, let me tell you a side note on each of those. In the Ken Palm were three. We 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 dropped back after the loss, but Houston is number one who we played, and UConn is number four who we played. Uh, one and one against those two. In the RPI were number one. The number five team is Gonzaga. So, uh, two out of the top five teams in the Ken Palm RPI slash rankings are two of our losses, and we've we've got one win over those, um, which is the consensus number one overall right now, which is Houston. Um, but as far as the SEC tournament goes, you get Tennessee and Missouri playing, and Missouri, Arkansas, Kentucky, I'll throw Auburn in there and A&M. Those five teams are all within seven spots, eight spots of each other in the rankings. Every one wow. of those. And they're in the high 20s to none of them are, out, none of them are outside of 40. Uh, Auburn's at 27 and Kentucky's a high at 39. And, and the rest of those teams are all in, in that bunch there. And four of that bunch, four out of that five, are on the other side of the bracket. So I thought I thought we got a pretty good draw, which you should. You're the number one seed. You should get the advantages of the draw. That's what it's there for. Um, but we still have to beat Tennessee, and uh, that's a that's a tough game, man. It's in Nashville. Yeah, it, potentially. Uh, they still have to beat Missouri, of course. Well, we expect them to have to play Missouri. I think Missouri has to play a game uh, before Missouri, they get there. Missouri's the four, so they, uh, they'll get the double bye. Oh, that's right. Tennessee bye. has yeah. to play the game. That's correct. That's correct. So, I've, yeah, that's, I had that backwards. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see whether it's Missouri or Tennessee that comes out of that. But uh, I, we couldn't ask for a better draw. And in my opinion, well, let, let me just throw it to you. What national seed do we get if we lose that first round game or our first round game to Tennessee or Missouri? Uh, we'll get we won't get a one. I don't think it. Uh, there'd have to be a lot of dominoes fall because the poll came out today. We're fourth. UCLA is one. No, I'm sorry. Houston is one. UCLA is two or three, and I can't remember who was the Kansas, Kansas after losing to Texas, and then we're at four. Uh, I, you know. If Kansas, UCLA, and Houston all win their their title games, then there's no way we're we're going to get a number one seed. We would need Kansas or UCLA to lose. Houston's not going to lose, and and it's it's a it's really a disgrace. Not saying Houston's not a good team. They could win the national title, but I mean, come on, dude, they didn't play the schedule we played. You know, 
they they might have played some out of conference teams, but the conference schedule they played is is nothing like the SEC, nothing like the ACC or the Big Twelve or you know the P five. So I and I've got that written down on a like the SEC tournament expectations. You know we need we. I expect to play on Sunday. I do. I think if we play on Sunday, win or lose, we've got a one seed. I think if we run the table and we win on Sunday, especially if it's against Kentucky because they're the blue blood, or maybe we avenge the loss to A&M. And I, I would say if we avenge the loss to A&M, we need to do it by double digits. I, I still think we're in the running for the number one overall seed. We've got – because you look at all the metrics that I really don't, like the Ken Palm and the RPI – you know, you can't deny the fact that we have some fantastic quality wins and and the, the those type of polls are, are slant in our favor. Uh, but if we lose early, I, I think if we lose before Sunday, I don't think we're a one. I think we get a two. Yeah, I do too. And and in the grand scheme of things, having a one or a two is not too terribly far apart. But, man – Having the one, we've never had a one. <laughs> you know, I would, I would love to have a one. Yeah, we need, we it would, it would one. be, yeah, it, 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 we can hang a banner. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, I tell you, one thing we're gonna have to start doing better. And, and I was disappointed a little bit at this when I looked it up today. Um, you know, we are one of the, obviously, we're one of the top teams in the country of taking three point shots. I mean, that's that's our game plan. I'm not telling anybody anything new except for you football only guys. Uh, we take threes, we get to the rim. That's our whole game plan, and I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a, a grand strategy, and it's and and Nate Oates is making it work, and he's he's doing things that's never been done here at the university as far as consecutively getting us ranked, getting us the the fewest losses consecutively in a long time that we've had i mean he's doing a wonderful job so nothing against that but i look today do you know what we're ranked overall in three point make percentage Uh, i'm gonna say 28 higher 50 Higher. Oh, my. That's not good. A hundred? Higher. Two hundred. Lower. <laughs> um, I price it right at you, but you were almost I, on it in that last I'm tired one. Of, 197. I'm tired of okay. <laughs> yeah. 197. And so that, just like you, super surprised on the percent. I think there was a time early in the year that we were fairly high in that ranking. And and one ninety seven gets you thirty three point eight percent. So that's not that's not terrible. That's probably around the average of what national three point percentage ranking is. But here we are coming down the stretch, and we were three and one down the stretch, but we were three and one with three games that could have went either way mm-hmm. on our wins. Uh, and, and we had a chance to win the law, the the L two to uh, Tennessee or A and M. I mean, yeah. we had we had a chance to do that, but in those last four games, starting with A and M and going back four games, nineteen point four percent, twenty five point eight percent, thirteen point six percent, and twenty five point nine percent. That's not the way you want to start shooting when you get to tournament play. No, we've got to turn it around. Um, 
We do, we do, and a lot of that has to do with the defensive teams. And and I, I'm a, based on what I've seen this year, I think our SEC and particular national title tournament chances are going to hinge on the types of teams we get in a matchup. Now, just you know, it, matchups are going to mean a lot for us. I mean, it does to an extent for every team out there, but really good teams can overcome a lot of that, and we did too. I mean, I just showed you those percentages, and we were three and one in those mm. games. So uh, don't don't well, act like A&M, I'm saying you know, that we're terrible. A&M started out twelve of twelve from the free throw line. You know, and oh, yeah. we shot we well, shot free throws other... well too. But like if A and M, you know, heck, if they shoot if they shoot seventy eight percent from the free throw line, which is very acceptable, we probably win that game. Yeah, and they had like eighteen more free throws than us. Uh, and I'm not going to complain about that too much, but it, there's always a disparity when you go on the road in the SEC. Auburn was complaining about it the week before. Yeah. Uh, we'll complain about it this week. But, uh, you know, and even against the Auburn game, you know, we win that game, went to overtime, come from 17 down, but Auburn shot, what was it, 80% they from the three-point land in that you game? You know, we were at that game, and then and we, on the, the underneath the scoreboard scroll, they just continually scroll the percentages, free throw, field goal, three-point. Auburn missed two straight three-pointers, and they were still shooting 69% from the three-point line. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that – they they are still behind us so that 197 ranking i don't i don't know where they're at i didn't go find them but they weren't in the top 197 yeah. even after shooting you know 70 or 80% against us the other night but um you know i got one other thing i want to talk about unless you want to interject there well let, let's go back to you know you talked about having a number one ranking and you know you're like i just want a rank i want the number one who never had it i want it and I was not aware we hadn't had one. I thought we had, but I, I trust your judgment on that and your facts on that. But here's why we need the number one seed, because we're going to be in the southeast if we get it. and Or the south. I, don't, I think they call it the south. Well, do you know where we play the first two rounds if we get the number one seed in the south? Is that in the Birmingham? Birmingham, never can win Birmingham Alabama. Yes, correct. All right, after we win the first two games there, do you know where our second – round game or our second weekend games are so the the sweet 16 and the elite eight are i do not know that it's in louisville at the bucket the the kfc the, they call it the bucket okay louisville right. you know you're like oh wow louisville well you know when i drove to Lollapalooza, i got to know 65 really well and basically 65 is montgomery to birmingham to huntsville to nashville to Louisville and then to Indianapolis and on up to Chicago. So Louisville is not that far of a drive. I mean, four and a half, five hours, probably about five hours. Well, that's from Red Bay. So probably within six hours from Birmingham. So we, we we should take over. You know, the last time we were in the – when we made it to the Elite Eight, uh, we were out west. You know, hey, speaking of, Tom, if we get the number one – if we get shipped out west and we make it to round – the second weekend, we're going, okay? Do you know where the second weekend games in the West are being played? Is it in it Las Vegas? It is in Vegas? Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> How'd I know that one and didn't know Louisville? So, so, Coach Oates, if you're listening, if you can't win the tournament this weekend, line us up for out West. <laughs> but back to, back to getting the number Home one in the South. Home. 
that we can and I don't man I do not want to put the cart for the horse because you're gonna play good team I don't care who you play uh, you know everybody's like man it'd be nice if a cinder maybe a Cinderella win and we'll get to play a, a you know a 12 seed instead of a four or five well I guarantee you if you're playing a 12 seed on weekend number two you're playing one of the hottest teams in basketball because they've just they've won two games they weren't supposed to win either one of them so you're gonna play yeah. good teams but man we have the team to make some noise. We have the team to to get, you know, to to the Final Four. And let's be honest, you know, um, if we don't make the Sweet 16, this year has been a fa- – it's a failure year. I'm sorry. We're, we're to the point now as a program, Nate Oates has taken us to two regular season national championships – I'm sorry, two regular season ACC championships in the past three years. And – Two years ago, we won. We 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 double dipped. We won the conference regular season title and the tournament title. You know, we very well could double dip again this year. So, we Sweet Sixteen. If we don't make it to the Sweet Sixteen, it's a disappoint. It's a disaster. Honestly, it's a disaster. If we it is and well, uh, well let me now. I'll finish up. Then you can interject. If we make it to the Sweet 16 and we lose and don't make it to the Elite Eight, it's a disappointment. I'm sorry. It is a disappointment. And, and normally that's not Alabama basketball. But that is a testament to where he has taken the, the expectations of the fans and the team. No, I agree. I agree with that 100%. And, and, and the, you, you said the last two years or two out of three years we've, we've been there. In the year that he didn't get it, if you remember, he started out super hot. They were like top five or top six in the country early, and then for some reason they just fell apart down the stretch last year. Uh, lost eight out of the last ten yeah, SEC was, games or bad. something. It was something crazy. We, you know, they were they they were looking really good and then just internally combusted. We, we but, petered out, as the old generation likes to say. <laughs> yeah, and here here's the Achilles. In in my opinion. The Achilles heel for this team, obviously, you've got to shoot the ball well with this style. But but we we won plenty of games early in the year where, not necessarily that we didn't shoot well from the three point line, but we just didn't depend on it. Like it, you know, if they if teams were out there playing us outside the arc and and not giving us easy shots, we just took it to the bucket, and we were very successful there. And we won a lot of games that weren't even close by doing that. And of course, we won a lot of games where we blew people out. We were very hot from the three point line. But one of the things that I looked at, and and I did I did look at this today. Okay, so the top six teams that we played defensively so i looked at the t- at the top defensive teams in the country and then i went down and found our the first six opponents we had and saw where they ranked at as as they were projected in the defensive rankings so the the highest ranked opponent we played was number two houston which was a win which was a road win which is probably the most impressive team out of any team in the country. I, that's the, that's the that's the best win in the country. I don't know if there's a better win in the country. There can't be a better win in the country. If 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 every most every consensus has Houston as the number one team and they lost at home to a uh, another top five team, that's the best win in the country. This is not a debate about it. But 
the big but on that was we were down 17 in that game. We made a run. I mean, we were down 17 against Auburn. I mean, we can do that. We were down a big chunk against Arkansas, too. I mean, we have that capability, which is nice to have. But you don't want to always play from behind. If you do that in the tournament, you're going to run out of come-from-behindness. I mean, it's going to catch you. But Houston was ranked two. We won that game but had to overcome 17-point deficit. We scored 71. Tennessee is the third-best defense. We lost that game, only scored 59. Here's an anomaly. Number eight defense in the country, we played them twice. Mississippi State, we beat them twice. One one outing, we only put up 66. We did put up 78 in the other one, but we only put up 66 in one of those outings. Still won the game, but we beat them twice. The next ranked 38th, UConn, we lost that game, only scored 67. The next one, South Alabama is ranked 43. We won that game, but only put up 65. And then the last one on the list, Texas A&M, they're ranked 54th. And we lost that game. We only put up 61. So if you take out, let's just take out Mississippi State, because they're a team that's got, they got pretty good defense, but they're not really a competitive team. Yeah. Uh, so we, we won twice because basically they couldn't score. But, you know, if you, if you eliminate that game, we went three and, uh, I mean, we went two and three against the top defenses on our schedule. And one of those teams was South Alabama, and the other one we had to come from behind by 17. And in all five of those games, our highest output was 71, which was Houston. Everybody else was in the 60s, and Tennessee even held us to 59. So it stands to reason here that we struggle with hard-nosed defensive teams. I mean, it's it's a, it's a problem. And usually if you've got a hard-nosed de- defensive team, they have an elite defender, and you know that elite defender is going to draw about Brandon yeah. Miller. They just are. And so if you have an elite defender and you can put him on Miller and, and kind of disrupt him the whole game, then you've got to have your Javon Quinterly step up. You've got to have Mark Sears. Mark Sears has been terrible from the three-point line in the past few games. He's He just can't buy a bucket. He was very hot toward the middle of the season. I'm not sure what. But, you know, Namari Burnett, uh, he was he was coming on, and he's kind of disappeared a little bit. Bradley has done well, but he don't shoot mm-hmm. a lot. But he, he's been he's been consistent. Um, and Betty Yako's just never been a scorer, but he's really good inside when you need him. Uh, you know, once we meet Purdue in the Final Four, Betty is going to be a huge part of that game. Yeah, plan. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's the kind of thing that, that concerns me as far as matchups in the NCAA tournament. That's something to keep an eye on to see if we can get lucky enough to avoid elite defensive teams until we get deep. I mean, eventually you're going to catch them. But it would be highly unfortunate to have a rematch with UConn because they're a seven or eight seed, yeah, yeah. or uh, you know even a, a Tennessee because they they will be a, a similar. They might be a five or six, but if they're in a five twelve. You know you could get them this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so those are the types of things you're not going to see Houston. I mean they're going to be in a different bracket. You're not going to see them to the final four. Uh, but but any of these other teams in. There's a lot of obvious defensive teams that I didn't list that we hadn't played, uh, but hopefully we'll get a little get a little lucky in the bracket and and can find our shot by the time we 
actually have to take the court against one of those teams. Yeah, and I don't know if we make if we get a number two, do we still get the South bracket? I don't know. You know, that's that's not not really what I've looked at right now. We're projected as a number one, but they are projected well, that you know, based on us not laying an egg. And I, I really think I think if we play on Sunday, we've got it wrapped up. I don't care if we win or lose. I know we'll have what six losses or whatever. But you know, a lot of teams have losses right now. Purdue just fell off the map. You know, they're, they're ranked fifth. Well, they lost two in a row in, like, probably three out of five. So, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's got lost right now besides Houston. They haven't played a lot of teams. They've only got two. So, you know, the best case for us, we need UCLA to not win the Pac-12. We need Kansas to not win the Big 12. That, that'll go a long way into us securing a number one. But I'm, I really feel like if we don't play Sunday, we don't get a one. Probably. Chances are, if I had to rank these teams in order of likelihood of winning their conference in the top five, Houston is number one. They're going to win our conference. After that, you probably go UCLA because there's not a lot of Pac-12 meat out there. So you, you get UCLA at two. Three is probably, it's either us or Purdue. Um, Big 12s, they're, they're decent, but about like SEC, I, it's, it's probably Purdue. I mean, I would think the SEC's probably got more contenders in yeah. it uh, than, than the Big 10. And then the fifth spot goes to Kansas. They're, I'm not saying they're the worst team by no stretch, but the Big 12 is a brutal conference. Mm-hmm. And for them to win the Big 12, particularly in a conference where they only have uh, – what are they playing out there? Eight – eight in basketball or ten? I don't even know. I guess, I guess. I mean, if they're playing eight, they're getting no buy. You know, if there's only eight teams out there, they're playing right off the bat, and they're probably playing a ranked well, team in every there's round. there's ten teams in the Big 12 right now, correct? I couldn't I remember. That's why so, I, yeah. I, I couldn't remember if somebody bolted early or something. But, uh, so if they're ten, they probably do get a first round buy, but as soon as they play their first game, it's going to be against a ranked opponent likely in the top 20 of the RPI yeah. and, and, and every game thereafter. So that's that's a tough draw for them. But, uh, you know, we, we'll have a decent shot if we can if we can get by Tennessee. You know, we didn't, we didn't make a prediction on the tournament. I looked at the bracket. I'm, I'm going with an upset on the other side. I think that the Auburn and Arkansas game winner – We'll get to the championship game. That's not a bad pick. Yeah, that that game's too close to call for me. And, of course, I just sat there and told y'all a while ago that the four teams over there that are that are contenders are all within, you know, five or six spots of each other in the RPI. So that's not like a, a stretch pick, even though they're the 10 seed, Arkansas, and Auburn's the 7 seed. By all metrics, they're, they're, it's pretty even over there. But... I think the winner of that game, um, I think the winner of that game ends up playing in the A and M side, and then uh, Kentucky. They'd have to get they'd have to play Kentucky the in the semifinals on Saturday to get there. So that'll be interesting. And of course, I I hope we get there. So I, I, I think we can. I'm gonna say we play. I, I'm gonna say we win it. I, I really think we will. Um, yeah, you know, I don't want to play Kentucky on Sunday. We need we need the Big Blue Nation out of there. Sat you know Saturday or before, because they're definitely going to travel to Nashville. 
And uh, but I'm gonna say we'll win it. How far do we go in NCAA? I think a lot of that depends on matchups, but with our team, the way we played all year, I mean, and, and that's what you gotta hope. You gotta hope that you you bring the game that, that's got you there. Dance with who brought you. With our team, you know, we we should beat the sixteen. And I saw a projection today from uh, uh, Lenardi. He had like an eight nine game of Maryland and and somebody. Uh, we we can win that game going away. That gets you to the five twelve in the Sweet Sixteen, and I think what you got to look for there is avoiding one of those tough defense. Not that we can't beat them. I mean, heck, I just told you a handful of teams that we beat some of them, but they do give us fits. But if we can avoid that, we can certainly get to lead eight. I'm gonna go out there and say this is our first Final Four team. Uh, and yeah, I, go ahead, finish up. I, well, I, you and I had this conversation the other day, and I just want to say the best team in basketball, and I'm not sitting here making the claim that we're the best team. I, we could be, but I'm not making it right now. But the best team in basketball doesn't always win the tournament. The tournament is takes a lot of luck to win, a lot of good matchups. Uh, you got to play well consecutively, and if you have an off night, you're, you're done. It's a one and done. So the tournament's got a lot going for it. But there's very few times in the history of Alabama basketball that we have a team that was capable. I can only think of one um, that – we had a team that was capable of winning the tournament. And the one that I thought, you know, that was capable ended up getting knocked out in Sweet 16. 1990. Um, so this is the – yeah, this – exactly. This is the best team in my lifetime that I've seen, and it's the first team that I think that is capable of winning. They could get knocked out in round two. I mean, that's just the way these tournaments go. But if they're capable and this has been our best shot, I'm going to – I'm going to go out there and say we're going to make a run to our first Final Four. I'm going to say we get to the eight and, and falter, but I, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think last time we made the eight when uh, – who did we – so we beat uh, – we were number eight seed and we beat Stanford. And then I think we played UConn and maybe Okafor was playing for UConn and they had their way with us. So I, I don't think that happens. I don't think – I think it's a close game, but I'm going to – I'm going to pick us Elite Eight. And just, I, I think we come up just a, a bit short for the final four. But man, I, I hope we make it. It's, it's our best, like you said, it's our best chance to make it. And if you get there, you know, you can win it all. I mean, Auburn got there four or five years ago, and they should have won it. I absolutely should have won it. They got that foul. It's a correct call on Kyle Guy. They fouled him in the act of a three point shooting. And, uh, you know, he made all three free throws. But then, you know, Virginia beat the crap out of um, whoever they played next. And I, I think it was Texas Tech. And Auburn would have won the national title, which would have been an absolute disaster for us. So, you know, it's just one of those things. you got to get there. You've got to get there. And if we get yep. there, I, I give us coin flip odds to win it all. So, and, and But I'm, I'm going to be the pessimist of the podcast. I'm going to say Elite Eight, and then we're crying in our crying tails. But, you know, it'll be a fun run. And if we get that far, you know, let's get to – let's get – uh, the first two games under our belt and then focus on the Sweet 16 and anything can happen. So that's going to that's gonna wrap up. That wrapped up. We just wrapped up one entire season of basketball. See, Tom, that's why we don't have to do I'm not charging, you're charging. We just wrapped up the entire season in a 45-minute segment. We, went, we mentioned South Alabama. That was early. That was before Christmas. We mentioned Houston. We mentioned UConn. We covered the entire conference. We're, we're good. We're good. So let's move on to what this podcast is all about. Let's move on to football. 
Um, NFL Combine slash draft is what I've got down. And uh, I've got four topics. Bryce Young's height, Jameer Gibbs' speed, Will Anderson's athleticism, and Anthony Richard as the number one pick. Uh, one of those four <laughs> doesn't belong. But let's start out in order. Bryce Young's height. 5'10 and an eighth, I believe. And, of course, they're dinging him. We knew he was going to be well under six feet. And they're, they're like, he'll, I saw a stat that he'll be the, the shortest quarterback taken since Kyler Murray. And, you know, Kyler Murray has not lived up to what they were hoping. You know what? Don't draft him at your own peril is what I say. This kid is not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was a freak athlete playing the quarterback position at Oklahoma and, you know, Danny Connell basically politicked him into the Heisman Trophy that year. Tua should have won it, as we've discussed quite often here. I mean, Bryce Young is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. He, he's, he's not made out of glass like Tua was. You know, he never really got – he got injured against Arkansas, of course, this year. But that was on a kind of a freak thing, you know. I mean, he fell on his shoulder. I understand that happens, but – I, I just – I don't see where he's not the number one overall pick. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they should uh, – I think they should take a look in the mirror if they're not going to take him, uh, Bryce Young, and get a new job because it, it's funny. You, you give me those four things on the list. I only wrote down three things, and, and I, three of them were the same as yours. <laughs> so we didn't talk about it ahead of time, but – but yeah, this was the first one on the list. And I actually read an article today that uh, they were complaining about Alabama's staff or administrative department or coaching department or however they have it about cooking the player attributes when it comes to player heights and weights and that sort of thing because they had Bryce listed at six foot <laughs> and he 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 was at five ten and eight. They said Gibbs was listed at 5'11". He was at 5'8". Oh, <laughs> when he was there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think they had uh, one of our linemen was listed at 6'3", and he ended up being 6'1". So it was it's kind of across the board about how they were. But, but you know, I'm with you. I mean, I, I can't fathom a world where the guys in the draft are throwing away two years of Bryce Young football tape playing in the most elite conference in the country against the best of the best players, including the playoffs, and now you're going to question his stature and you're going to go with Anthony Richardson because he jumps over tires or runs around cones in a little better manner, and this is a guy who's losing to Vanderbilt and throwing 15, 20 interceptions on this season, gets benched halfway through the year before they bring him back. This, That's what you're going to – we're going to base his draft on an obstacle course based on two years of Heisman Trophy uh, winning experience and just absolute balling. Hey – if that's where you're going, go ahead. I hope that's not uh, the NFL team that I'm following that makes that decision. No kidding, man. I mean, Anthony Richardson as number one pick. I remember when he declared for the draft, I'm like, what is he thinking? Like, why is he declaring? He, he barely held on to the starting job at Florida. He was non-competitive against Georgia, you know. He was non-competitive against teams that were better than him. He, he's not accurate with his ball. 
Yes, okay, you have athleticism. Since when has a quarterback won won multiple games with his legs? I mean, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, maybe I don't know, but like he's no Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's a jitterbug. Anthony Richardson is more of a probably a little bit more nimble and athletic Cam Newton, which is a heck of an athlete. But man, Cam Newton could could throw the ball really well, and Richardson's all over the place. Like I I don't I don't know how as a GM you draft this guy. To me, he's a second round quarterback, or maybe he's a quarterback that you know number 28, 29, because you know you pick in the order that you finished. So Kansas City Chiefs will get picked 32, and and the Philadelphia Eagles will get picked 31. You know maybe pick number 27 or 28 who has an established quarterback who is probably in the seventh or eighth year, and you bring on Richardson. Yes, he's a first-rounder, but you, you, you fully plan to sit him for two years and let your existing quarterback play out, you know, to at least 30, 31, 32, then make a decision from there. If he gets someone overall pick, I, it's just I don't ridiculous. even see that. I don't even see that. Richardson was not a top-seven quarterback in the SEC last year. The SEC. <laughs> yeah. Not the country. The SEC, <laughs> and he, you're going to take him. Are these guys going to take him in the top five of the draft? To me, he's a he's a fourth, fifth round quarterback at best. At best, I don't know that I would draft him as a GM. I mean, he's again running obstacle courses is not the same as running an offense. Yeah. And, I mean, I highly doubt he can read a complicated defense. I, I bet you he can't read a Nick Saban or a Kirby Smart defense. And I got news for him. In the NFL, you know, we, we run NFL stuff. Kirby Smart runs NFL stuff. Nick Saban runs NFL stuff. I highly doubt Vanderbilt runs NFL schemes. I highly doubt Mississippi State runs NFL schemes. And he can't beat those teams. You know, he's not even getting close to beating, which we didn't play him. We played um, – uh, we played the other quarterback when we went to Florida in 2020. But, you know, we played Georgia this year, and it was non-competitive. So, I, I just don't – I don't know what they're thinking. But, hey, if you want to draft him, draft him. Uh, you know, whatever. But uh, Gibbs, what was his final – I saw he ran a 4-4. Did he run under a 4-4 later? Yeah, I think that was uh, – I think that was some kind of misclick or something. His actual time was 4.23 <laughs> flying. Wow. I mean, that's that's Superman speed. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know he was 5'8", yeah. though. Heck, he's Kyler Murray size. <laughs> teach, <laughs> teach him to throw a football he, in the NFL and draft him number one overall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no kidding. But I, other than that, I didn't really – you said something about Will Anderson. I didn't hear anything about it. I didn't follow it that much. Tell me tell me about well, Will. Well, I just – I saw the snippet of him. You know, it's the Underwear Olympics, so he's got on biking shorts – and, uh, and, you know, a tank top. And his quads are like just – they're all over the place. They're so big, you know, his legs are. It's just amazing that, you know, I think he ran a 4.59, 4, 4.57. Heck, it might have been quicker than that. But regardless, can you imagine being a quarterback knowing this cat's coming off the edge? I mean, it's just – he's going to make somebody – if he keeps his head on straight, there's no indication that he won't keep his head on straight. Uh, he's just going to be a phenomenal player, the phenomenal ambassador for uh, for Alabama for years to come in the in the NFL. So I'm just excited to see him play. 
And I really hope Bryce, it'd be nice we'd get our first number one seed in basketball and get our first number one overall pick in football. That'd just be a, a nice little way to cap off the some of the, the best ball that we have had at, at the capstone and the, you know, the, the most recent past. So hopefully all that will come to fruition. But um, I guess that about wraps us up. You know, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see what we're going to do with the with podcasting. I guess we kind of need to, to talk some basketball with the March Madness. So we'll, we'll look at next week. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know what we got planned. We got Bed Bath and Beyond, uh, Home Depot. <laughs> let's see. Let's see how yeah, we do the tournament. The first let's round, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll podcast after the first round of the tournament. I don't like the first. Uh, Friday, Saturday round wing podcast on Monday, and and it, we can pregame the Sweet Sixteen or Lamb in our season. How about I'll that? tell you this, uh, guys. Y'all don't know this yet, and Tom doesn't even know it. But Superior Pavers, um, I think that's the name of it. They have um, Superior Wall and Paver. Oh, Shoot. No, I'm here. <laughs> We may have lost JT, though. He was fixing to say something obnoxious about my company, I believe. Brought to you by Superior Wall and Paper. Doesn't sound like he made it back. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast since we were at the end. And as Tiffany would say, if you're going to hate Auburn, you got to hate early and hate often. Roll Tide, guys. Take it easy.